Good afternoon. Welcome back to another episode. I'm your host, the one and only John Rosenberg, live from Jacksonville. Once again, it's on. On today's episode, we're going to discuss culture vulture. You know what the vulture is? It's a bird that loves to eat dead animals or dead person for that matter. Culture vultures. The first time I heard that term was um, in 98 from Damon Dash, who was the CEO of Wackerfellow Partnership with Jay-Z. Uh, Wackerfellow Records, you know about Wackerfellow uh, Records. Those of us who are from New York, or those of us who are hip-hop historian, you know who Wackerfellow is. Not Wackerfellow, the family, Wackerfellow, the record, hip-hop record label. Now, that being said, we're trying to talk, uh, we, this is a part two of the hip-hop culture. Part two, part deux, part dos. Now, a lot of people have become multimillionaires using hip-hop, the culture. And you have, we have a couple of billionaires using hip-hop as a culture. Dre, Dr. Dre's one. Now you have Jay-Z. And, oh, actually, we have three billionaires we hip hop created about three or four billionaires. Number one, Dr. Dre. Number two, um, Jay Z. Now you are Puff Daddy. Those guys were billionaires. Okay. Now, that being said, many of us who, who came from the Caribbean islands, who came from Europe, who came from Latin America, Central America, who also came from Africa, we have enjoyed. Um, the hip-hop culture, we indulge in it, we participate in it, but we enjoy the culture. However, none of us were the pioneers or the inventor of hip-hop. The pioneers of hip-hop and inventors of hip-hop are black American, what you guys refer to as African-American, neither a state or color or country. Now, that being said... Fat Joe, I'm going to have to uh, re- mention his name again on this podcast. Fat Joe, the Puerto Rican rap star, have come out, said Puerto Rican were there. They were, yeah, they were there. They were not the pioneers or the inventor of the genre. Now, like I said the last time, the last podcast, you can trace hip-hop back to the 1930s. There's a lot of jazz artists that was doing bebop, and scatting. Scatting is a part of hip-hop. It was an early form of hip-hop. If you listen to a lot of old jazz records, you hear artists, singers, scatting and doing bebop. That's what was an early form of hip-hop. Then it transformed into hip-hop. Now, that back then, they didn't have a name for it. So, until the 70s, that's when they had a name for it. I think the 80s. I think the early 80s, late 70s. That's when the name came about. Now, that being said, this is why... Black America now, they are, they are fighting back. They wanted to protect their culture because now a lot of people have diluted the culture and have never given credit where credit is due. Granted, I have nothing against Puerto Rican. I have neg- nothing against Jamaican, okay? We all came from the, the Americas. We all wanted the same. But the notion to say that Puerto Rican invent hip-hop, that's a misnomer. Same thing with Jamaican. Cool Herx, like I said earlier in the last podcast, he was a DJ, okay? He, he was playing the records. None of those records, he participated in them. None of those records he made. He was just spinning the record and used the, used the, he was using the breaks to, for, for the crowd to get amped up. He would use the break for the crowd to dance. Mostly for the break dancing was not invented by Puerto Rican. So let's be clear on that. 
Puerto Rican were there in the uh, well, not, they were not there in the seventies. They were there in the mid eighties. There was a few of them that was there in the early eighties, but the mid eighties that's when they started involving themselves in hip hop. But the conglomerate, as Puerto Rican as a conglomerate, they 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 came into hip hop in the mid nineties. That's when they put all their bets down. They all involved. But when I was growing up in New York City, Brooklyn, New York, precisely. There were no Puerto Rican around, like really messing with hip hop like that. It was like about ten percent. You can say twenty percent of them were. They were like it was in the late teens or early twenties. Those are the Puerto Rican Puerto Ricans. I was in the forties and the fifties. They were not really messing with hip hop like that. They were listening to dance music, mostly merengue and salsa. And if you if you from New York City or the East Coast, you know exactly. If you have Puerto Rican friends, you can relate to that. Most of them, they were not participate in hip-hop. They start participating in hip-hop in mid-90s. I'll say between 94, 95. That's when you had a, a big flux, influx of Puerto Rican and Latinos that was in, that started to participate as MCs, DJing. The list goes on and on. But this art form we call hip-hop is Foundation Black American. It's Aborigines American from the North. They were the pioneer of this art form. They invented this art form. So you cannot tell them that Puerto Rican and Jamaican, no, they, no, they're not the pioneer. They participate. Like I said, we all participate in hip-hop, all of us. All of us have participated in hip-hop. Do we invent hip-hop? Does Haitian, Haitian is involved in hip-hop. Like I said, we are like at least four or five Haitian rappers. Wyclef sold like 50 million records. Rick Ross, I think he probably sold 50 million records too. Future is Haitian American. He sold about almost a hundred million records, and you got Coda Black. He sold about ten to twenty million records. Then you have Jason the Ruler. He's a pop artist, but he doesn't rap. So I'm just saying. I'm just mentioning name. None of those artists ever come out say Haitian invent hip hop. Now there was another guy. Shout out to Tariq man, um, Johnny Cash. A guy called Johnny Cash, not the country singer. He was the one that went to Jamaica, and then he made reggae popular, okay? Stir it up, and uh, I can see clearly now, those were his records. Yes, they had a reggae vibe to it, because but he gave prop to the Jamaican. He said, nah, this genre is not American. I made it popular, but I went to Jamaica, I listened to the sound, and I used it, I implemented it in my music. But he never took credit for reggae. But you can say Johnny Cash was was the first pioneer of reggae because he made reggae popular. Then come Bob Marley, and the rest followed. So what I'm saying to you that this hip-hop art form is Aborigines, American, the so-called African-American, so-called Black, so-called Afro-American, so-called Urban-American. Those are the people that are the pioneer of this art form. This is why now Fat Joe is dancing around the... He said, well, we were there. Yeah, you were there, Fat Joe, but you're not the pioneer or the inventor of this art form. Same thing with Buster Ram. I don't have no hate towards Buster Ram. He's a great MC. Nobody can refute that. You know, he's a great lyricist. He's in my top 10. He's the, I think, there have been like, you know, Pete Rock is the DJ. He's Jamaican too. But there have been other Jamaican MCs, but he was the most prominent as a Jamaican MC. Then it was... Then was White Clef and Lauren Hill. Well, Lauren Hill's not Haitian, but I'm just saying. Well, then was White Clef. When it comes to rapping, those guys were the pioneer as far as Caribbean goes. It was Buster Rhyme, 
Then come, well, Biggie, because he's from Jamaica too. Biggie Small, he's Jamaican. So he said Biggie Small number one, hip hop. Then you say, um, as far as Caribbean goes, then Buster Rhyme, then you can put, um, you can add the, then Fat Joe, then why, we can say White Clef, because White Clef sold more records than Fat Joe. Fat Joe probably sell five million records, maybe 10, I'm not sure. But I'll say about five million records he have sold in his career. And then, listen, this hip this art form have made a lot of people from the ghetto rich multimillionaire. And this is what I call it, this is a trillion dollar industry. It's not a billion dollar industry. Hip hop have become a trillion dollars industry, okay? And it's going to keep on growing, but you cannot dilute this. This is why a lot of those old heads are checking this, this bullshit because they're like, wait a minute, we share this art form with the world, but the world did not help us invent this art form. Same thing goes with, it's the same problem they have with white folks in, America, in this country. How they try to, they just stole rock and roll, they stole freaking country music. They try to steal blues, but they can't do it. But they try to, but they already stole rock and roll. But and then they turn around and say Elvis was the king of rock and roll. When Elvis himself said it on many videos, he never called himself king of rock and roll. He said that term was given to me. That title was given by white Americans. I never called myself king of rock and roll because I'll be dismissive. I'll be lying to the people. I was not the originator of this art form. It was black folks, Negro American, but the originator, the pioneer of rock and roll. But you, still today, you're still hearing white people say it. You have other foreigners who say the same shit because they don't know the history. They keep repeating the same bullshit. But what I'm saying to you is that this art form we call hip-hop is, without a, unequivocally, without a shadow of that, is black American art form. Okay? African didn't invent that. Latinos did not invent that because, like Tariq said, all of those artists, whether they are Latino, African, European, whatever they are, Asian, who inspired them? When they talk about R&B, jazz, blues, country music, pop music, they were inspired by Foundation Black American. They were inspired by Negro American, not African, not Latinos, not a, not freaking European. They were inspired by Black American. So you must you must understand that a lot of us we get caught up with the social media and sound bites. We don't look at the history of this art form, and this is why now they wanna they wanna protect the art form because that's their art form. And you guys come and say, oh, they racist. They're not racist. They wanna protect their art form because people have died for this art form. People have made millions of dollars on the other side. You have people that have become billionaire on this art form. Jay Z is one of them. Dr. Dre is another one. Puff Daddy's another one. So all those guys, they become billionaire on this art form. And then white people have made hundreds of billions of dollars on this art form, from merchant, from selling records, merchandising, from commercials. You name it, they have made hundreds and hundreds of billions of dollars throughout this country and throughout the world. So the notion to say that this art form doesn't belong to black American, you either delusional or you high in cocaine. Either one, or you're just crazy. Plain, plain and simple, I was just crazy. Fat Joe need to go out there, stop stop saying this bullshit, say, listen, him and, and Buster Rhymes, say, listen, Jamaican participated in hip-hop, same thing with Puerto Rico. They say Puerto Rican, they were there, you know, they was in New York City. As far as Mexican, Mexican, they, were, they didn't really fuck with hip-hop until the mid-90s. Let's keep it a buck. Mexican did not fuck with hip-hop until mid-90s. That's when they start getting involved in hip-hop.
And I'll say the late 90s, that's when they started getting involved in hip-hop. Full throttle. But before that, Mexican was... You have a few Mexican that was rapping, but nobody heard of them. But they start getting to hip-hop until the late 90s, mid-90s. That's when they really start getting to hip-hop. But they wasn't fucking with hip-hop in the early... You know, in the 80s and early 90s. They was not fucking with hip-hop like that. Only a few of them, but most of them was not fucking... And then the thing about it is is, is part of this racism, the, the attitude that they have towards black people. You don't like black people. You don't like... Nothing like when black people do some dumb shit, you hate it. Everything that's negative, you want to put it put it on black people. When they do something positive, you want to take it for your own. That's 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 the hypocrisy that a lot of black American hates. It's simply with the Africans. They say, "Oh, Afro beats was popping." No, Afro beats was not popping until a black producer, until black American foundation, black American put a spin on it, make it popular, make it pop. Before that, yeah, you guys were listening to Afro in Africa, maybe in Europe. But most of the the world wasn't fucking with it until Black American got involved. That's when most people start listening to Afrobeats. But what I'm saying to you is that Black America are the trendsetter. They are the influencer when it comes to fashion, social issues, political issues, you know, law, all that stuff. They influence all that. Now back to the law. A lot of those immigration law that you guys enjoy in this country, and I'm speaking on behalf of all immigrants that come to this country. It was Foundation Black America who make it possible for you guys to come here. They fought for those laws. They even died for those laws. Their forefathers died for those laws. So they built this country with their bare hands. They, 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 they built this nation. White people did not build this nation. It was Aborigines American, the so-called black, the so-called Negro. They built this nation from the ground up. From the ground up, they built this nation. So you got to pay homage. Me, I'm from the Caribbean. I could never shit on black Americans. Yes, you know, I bump heads with a few black Americans. That's true. That's every nation. I bump heads with some Puerto Ricans who think they're El Blanco and same thing with Dominicans. We share the same island with Haiti. But I bump heads with Mexicans because they have this sentiment, this prejudice towards, because that's how they were bred when they were young. Their parents brainwashed them. Like, everything that's black, that's fucking negative. It's like, they like, they don't want to fuck with black. But when the, the, those grandcos, you guys call white people, put their foot on your culo, put their foot in your ass, then you want foundation black Americans to come to your rescue. Same thing with African. You come here, call, especially Nigerian, when you come here calling those people Akata, wild cats. But in essence, you don't real Akata. You live Africa. This is, the, the America is not your terrain. The America is not, to, this is why you get a lot of pushback. Because Africa never been there for black Americans. Politically, socially, economically, Africa never been there. Okay? Now, black, on, the, on, the, on the flip side, black Americans have been there for Africa. They have spent billions of dollars to help Africans. But Africans have not returned that favor. What they're doing is manipulation and scam. I'm not saying all Africans are doing that. I'm not saying that. But you have a good majority of them. That's what they do to black Americans. They try to scam them. Now, with social media, a lot of them are being exposed particularly in Nigeria, in Ghana, and South Africa. You have a lot of them being exposed so because of social media. So what I'm saying is this art form, jazz, look at Kenny G. Kenny G, he's not the best jazz um, saxophones, saxophonist out there, but the white people who took him, they make him global. So that, he himself, he never claimed to be the best jazz saxophonist. 
But white people could hardly believe he's the best. But they haven't heard all the black artists that, that can run circles around Kenny G on the saxophone. But what I'm saying to you is that in any culture, they like to brag about their culture and protect their culture. Now, when it comes to black American culture, you, you want to dilute it. You want to claim it as your own. Then you tell those people from Africa. They're not African. Different bloodline, different lineage, different what? Phenotype. That's genetics. It's not my opinion. It's not my feeling. Those are genetics. So you, may, you must pay homage to black American. They are the trendsetter of this nation. They are the influencer of this nation. Not only this nation, they are the influencer in the world. They, black Americans have a dance craze every month that go viral. Every month. Go look it up on social media. They have a dance crave that go viral. They are the only group of people that have that happen. Same thing with fashion. Same thing with fashion. So nobody's copying other culture. Nobody listens to Chinese music. Nobody listens to Arabic music except Arabs. Nobody listens to African music like that except Africans. Nobody listens to European music except European. But black American music, when it comes to hip-hop, R&B, jazz, country music, bluegrass music, that's them. That's, they create all these genres. You must understand that. You must overstand that. They create all these genres, so you must pay homage to them. I'm not saying to kiss their ass, but you, same thing with Mexican and out the West, because I never live out West. But I know Mexicans have this hatred towards Latinos in general. They don't like blacks. You know, that, let's keep it a buck. I have some Latinos in my complex. I barely talk to them because they think in their fucking little mind that they are better than black people. With this coronavirus, you, you can see the true colors come out every day. Until those grain coats put their foot on their ass, that's when they want black Americans to speak on their behalf. Latinos only fuck with black Americans when it comes to immigration. After that, they don't want to fuck with black Americans. Let's keep it real. And this, that goes for, except with Puerto Rican, because Puerto Rican, they got U.S. visas. But I'm just saying, all of them, all of them, all of them. If it's not immigration, that's the only time they try to, or, well, it's, it's, it's mostly the music, then it's fucking immigration. That's the only time they want to fight. They want us to join them. They want black American to join them in their fight. But when we're getting harassed by the cops and being shot up by the cops, where are the Latinos? Where are they? They know where to be found. Do they speak on black people on their behalf? No, they don't. But black people, black Americans precisely, have always speak on their behalf when they mistreated at the job, in the neighborhood. Now, there was a, the guy was talking about um, migration. We know that a lot of people from California, they migrate to Texas, um, Arizona, a lot of states. Now, during that migration, there's a lot of Hispanic that have migrated to those states. And the guy was saying, like, now nah, they're being, they're, Hispanic only cool with you when they're, they're, in, they're in the minority. But when they are the majority, they don't give two fuck about you. I've seen it at my workplace. And you, who have worked with his Latinos, so-called Latinos, you have seen it. When they are the majority, they don't give two fuck about black people. Only the time they get fucked up by black people when they are the minority. But in a job place, if the manager is fucking Luis, Miguel, Alejandro, if, that's, if he's the manager or the supervisor of that job, he's going to look out for the fucking Latinos first and foremost. Then he might throw us some crumbs in the bottom. 
But on the flip side, black managers don't do that. They don't do that. They treat everybody the same. You have some black managers who are a ho, but on average, they treat everybody the same. But when you have a Latino or Asian as manager or supervisor, oh my God, you in for some bullshit, okay? They ain't gonna look out for you at all, at all, at all. You might have there's a, there's you might have a few of them that look out for you, but they gonna look for the group first. And this is what Tariq was alluding to. There was another guy who would say the same thing. Dan Calori said the same thing too. And I work with Latino. I work with a lot of Mexican when I was doing construction. They are so prejudiced towards black. And then one day I had to cuss that guy out, the one Mexican at my job. I said, you are so hypocrite. You like to cry about racism, but when it comes to us, you want to mistreat us. You want to talk shit to us. You want to say, oh, those fucking puñetas, whatever. You want to talk a whole bunch of bullshit towards black Americans. Same thing with Dominicans. Same thing. You have some Puerto Ricans like that. You have Colombian, you have Cuban, those, especially those white Pendejo Cubans. You know how racist they, prejudiced they are towards black. You can see it in the fucking own island. So what I'm saying is that when it, only time Latinos mess with um, hip, uh, with black Americans when it comes to hip music or immigration. After those two things, they don't fuck with black people or fashion. But when it comes to the, the rest of the thing, when it comes to their culture, they they want to keep black. Look at the line, um, the, the Latino awards. Now, even though in their own country there's a lot of black people, who they show on those award shows? They show El Granco, El Blanco. They show a whole bunch of white Latinos who they invent the genre. Right? Salsa, they're not invented by freaking white Latinos. Salsa, merengue, bachata, all those genres were invented by black people. But when you go to the Latin awards shows, you only see you only see a whole bunch of Grenkos there. You might see a few a few blacks, but the majority, the lion's share of them that you know and that go to those awards are fucking Grenkos. Then they want to say, "Oh, we are equal." No, we are not equal. That's what I'm saying. And this is why Black American had enough. And the guy was talking about the racism. I don't say racism. I don't say prejudice. Racism is systematic. It's economics. Because in L.A., I, I'm not in L.A., so I can't really give you in and out. But he lives in L.A. He will say, man, only time we attack Mexican when they do something to us bad. But we don't just attack random Mexican because of the Mexican. But on the flip side, you have Mexican that go after black people for no reason. Especially in their neighborhood. And I've seen it, but I've never seen it happen. But I've seen it at my job place where one Mexican was, taking, was saying a lot of racial shit. And when we check him on it, we were about to beat his ass. Then he switched up. We're like, Papi, pirate, you, put, you talk a lot of bullshit. These grandcos in this country, if they had their way tonight, they'll put you in a boat first class, to fuck, not, not in first class, they'll put you in a boat tonight, ASAP. Ship your ass right back to Mexico. And all those benefits, your food stamp, your housing, your health care, your job you guys are enjoying here, your nice cars, who pay for that? Black American fought for all that shit. Yes, you came here and work, but Black American didn't go and get you. You came here voluntarily. Okay? You came here. Nobody wanted to kidnap you in Mexico and brought you here. Except a few of you, a few of you guys that happened to you guys. But the conglomerate, the majority of you guys, you come here voluntarily and cross the borders. Yes, I know they're all rich Mexicans. I've dealt with rich Mexican too. But what I'm saying is that. Black American, they are the standard of this of this culture. They start. They are the pioneer. They are the icon of this culture. Same thing with sports. Okay, 
Show me the Michael Jordan of Latin America. Show me the Michael Jordan of, of uh, Asia. Show me the Michael Jordan of Europe. Show me the Michael Jordan of freaking Africa. None. Show me the Michael Jackson of Africa. Of Latin, well, we're going to say Mark Anthony, Bad Bunny, hell no. So what I'm saying is that they are the standard of the culture. They are the pioneer of, those cult- of this culture we call hip-hop. So all of us, all ethnic group that come to the United States, you got to pay homage, whether you know it or not. Once you're aware of it, you guys say thank you, black America. I'm not saying to go to your job and start kissing black people's ass. If you want to, that's on you. But at least acknowledge that the fact that they, are the, they have built this country. At least, that's the least you can do. Acknowledge it and pay homage. If they go to your country, they're going to acknowledge your culture and pay homage to it. So why can't you do the same for them? And that goes for Africans too. A lot of those Africans, particularly Nigerian and Ghanaians, and you have some South Africans who are like that, they come here, they talk a whole lot of shit about black African, a black American. Oh, black American treat me bad. Why they treat you bad? Because of your attitude towards them. Your attitude. I'm not saying there are some of them who are knuckleheads. I know that. We have them there. We, we're aware of them. But a lot of you guys like to pick on black American, but you have forgotten who got you here. And then as far as fleeing, they never fled. Like they said, they have the belly of the beast, which is the U.S. government. That's the belly of the beast. They're going at the U.S. government on a daily basis. They have not left this country. So the notion to say they're punk, they're not punk. You guys are punk. You fled your country to come to America for a better uh, standard of living. So when it comes to hip-hop, this art form belongs to black American. No, without a shadow of doubt. You can argue it. You can refute it. This art form belongs to black American. Unless you hire cocaine or you just plain crazy. Okay? Once again, I'm your host and messenger, John Rosenberg. Follow me on TikTok. Follow me on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook at John Rosenberg. Take care. Have a blessed day. One nation, one God, one love.